You're about to listen to episode three of the Money, Love, and Freedom podcast. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about relationships and how do you build a network of people around you that are going to propel you forward and get you where you really want to go in life. In addition, we're going to give you three very specific steps in order to help you find those relationships, grow those relationships, and then build and nurture those relationships. Stay tuned, everybody. Welcome to the Money, Love, and Freedom podcast, where you'll develop the mindset and skills to create a life of total abundance. From business and wealth to love and sex, discover what it takes to live a life of freedom on your terms. And now, your host, Coach George Wang. All right, all right. What's up, everybody? And welcome to this episode of the Money, Love, and Freedom podcast. And we are here. We are officially in 2020, which marks a new decade and a new chance to reinvent yourself and to do greater things than you ever could have imagined. And one of the key ways to do that is through your network and the relationships that you form. So I'd like to start today's episode with the story of impact and what one relationship can do for somebody. Now, this story was originally written in 1976 and was actually republished as Three Letters from Teddy in the book A Second Helping of Chicken Soup for the Soul. Her name was Mrs. Thompson, and as she stood in front of her fifth grade class on the first day of school, she told the children a lie. Like most teachers, she looked at her students and said that she loved them all the same. However, that was impossible. Because there in the front row, slumped in his seat, was a little boy named Teddy Stoddard. Mrs. Thompson had watched Teddy the year before and noticed that he didn't play well with the other children, that his clothes were messy, and that he constantly needed a bath. In addition, Teddy could be unpleasant. It got to the point where Mrs. Thompson would actually take delight in marking his papers with a broad red pen, making bold X's, and then putting a big F at the top of his papers. At the school where Mrs. Thompson taught, she was required to review each child's past records, and she put Teddy's off until last. However, when she reviewed his file, she was in for a surprise. Teddy's first grade teacher wrote, Teddy is a bright child with a ready laugh. He does his work neatly and has good manners. He is a joy to be around. His second grade teacher wrote, Teddy is an excellent student, well-liked by his classmates, but he is troubled because his mother has a terminal illness and life at home must be a struggle. His third grade teacher wrote, His mother's death has been hard on him. He tries to do his best, but his father doesn't show much interest and his home life will soon affect him if some steps aren't taken. Teddy's fourth grade teacher wrote, Teddy is withdrawn and doesn't show interest in school. He doesn't have many friends and sometimes sleeps in class. By now, Mrs. Thompson realized the problem and she was ashamed of herself. She felt even worse when her students brought her Christmas presents, wrapped in beautiful ribbons and bright paper, except for Teddy's. His present was clumsily wrapped in the heavy brown paper bag that he got from a grocery store. 
Mrs. Thompson took pains to open it in the middle of the other presents. Some of the children started to laugh when she found a rhinestone bracelet with some of the stones missing and a bottle that was a quarter full of perfume. But she stifled the children's laughter when she exclaimed how pretty the bracelet was, putting it on and dabbing some of the perfume on her wrist. Teddy Stoddard stayed after school that day just long enough to say, Mrs. Thompson, today you smelled just like my mom used to. After the children left, she cried for at least an hour. On that very day, she quit teaching reading and writing and arithmetic. Instead, she began to teach children. Mrs. Thompson paid particular attention to Teddy. As she worked with him, his mind seemed to come alive. The more she encouraged him, the faster he responded. By the end of that year, Teddy had become one of the smartest children in the class, and despite her lie that she would love all the children the same, Teddy became one of her teacher's pets. A year later, she found a note under her door from Teddy telling her that she was still the best teacher he ever had in his whole life. Six years went by before she got another note from Teddy. He then wrote that he had just finished high school, third in his class, and that she was still the best teacher he ever had in his whole life. Four years after that, she got another letter, saying that while things had been tough at times, he'd stayed in school, had stuck with it, and would soon graduate from college with the highest of honors. He assured Mrs. Thompson that she was still the best and favorite teacher he ever had in his whole life. Then four more years passed, and another letter came. This time, he explained that after he got his bachelor's degree, he decided to go a little further. The letter explained that she was still the best and favorite teacher he ever had. By now, though, his name was a little longer. The letter was signed Theodore F. Stoddard, M.D. The story doesn't end there. You see, there was yet another letter that spring. Teddy said he had met this girl and was going to be married. He explained that his father had died a couple of years ago, and he was wondering if Mrs. Thompson might agree to sit in the place at the wedding that was usually reserved for the mother of the groom. Of course, Mrs. Thompson did. In addition, guess what? She wore that bracelet, the one with several rhinestones missing. In addition, she made sure she was wearing the perfume that Teddy remembered his mother wearing on their last Christmas together. They hugged each other, and Dr. Stoddard whispered in Mrs. Thompson's ear, Thank you, Mrs. Thompson, for believing in me. Thank you so much for making me feel important and showing me that I could make a difference. Mrs. Thompson, with tears in her eyes, whispered back. She said, Teddy, you have it all wrong. You were the one that taught me that I could make a difference. I didn't know how to teach until I met you. What an incredible story that is, isn't it? A story of how two people can come together and when they join together can create such a drastic shift in the life of somebody. So what are the lessons that we can dig out of this story? I think there's three strong ones that we can kind of learn from and go a little bit deeper from what this experience was like for Mrs. Thompson and Teddy Stoddard. And some of those lessons are, one, the quality of your life is directly related to the quality of your relationships. Two, when you find your network, your tribe, your peoples, whatever that might be, 
be of service to them. And number three, remember to show gratitude, love, and appreciation for those that have helped you along the way. So now let's let's dig into a little bit more on each of these things, okay? First, and this is probably the most important one and something that I teach in my coaching program, is that the quality of your life is directly affected by the quality of your relationships. You see, Teddy, up until that point, when he met Mrs. Thompson, didn't have uplifting relationships. He had other teachers, and yes, he had a dad who they said was not very present in his life. And the other teachers before Mrs. Thompson, you can hear from their reports that they weren't that involved in supporting his growth. They seemed, or we can infer, that they took a one-size-fits-all approach to teaching and decided that Teddy wasn't cutting it like the rest of their students, even though they acknowledged that he had a tough situation going on inside of his home. They probably focused on teaching the three R's, but Mrs. Thompson went above and beyond and began to work on teaching children, caring for the person and not just some inanimate object like math scores. She got to learn about Teddy and she went deep with him. Jim Rohn, one of Tony Robbins' original teachers and mentors, said that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So the question is, who are you spending time with? Look around. If you take the five people you spend the most time with, average out their incomes, and that's probably about what you make. If you average out their net worths, that's probably about where you are too. And if you look at the depth of their relationships, average it out, and I bet that's where you are as well. Now, there's one big difference between Teddy and you. You see, you're probably not a fifth grader listening to this because a fifth grader has less cognitive abilities and less opportunities to go out to consciously and deliberately create these relationships. Teddy got extremely, extremely lucky that he met Mrs. Thompson and that she believed in him and was willing to support his growth. But you are a grown adult, which means you have the gift of being able to go out and develop whatever relationships you want. So the first lesson and objective in 2020 is to look around you at the people you spend the most time with and decide, are these people going to uplevel you or are they going to keep you stagnant or worst of all, are they going to drag you down? Now, let me say first that I'm in no way, shape or form saying that you should go out and say, fuck all my friends, they're useless. Let me go find new ones. I'm not saying that at all. I have a ton of childhood friends that I love. We've been through a lot together. We've done a lot of really dumb, fun, and stupid things together, and I absolutely love them to death. Some of them, though, are on a very different life trajectory than I am, and that's totally fine. And Actually, some of them are very highly successful at what it is that they do, but it isn't the type of success that I want for my own personal life. So I love spending time with them. And I honor that time by being fully present with them in the times that we are together. And at the same time, I consciously choose to seek out friendships, relationships, and networks that are going to propel me in the growth that I want. And that is the group I want to surround myself with, with as much time as possible. Those are the ones that I want to be in my circle of influence. So in 2020, take inventory of your circle of influence and decide, are these the people I want to speak with daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, or yearly? And if these people are the ones who are going to up-level you and get you the place where you want to go, then spend as much time with them as possible. But if not, then go out and actively find the people who are. And it doesn't mean you don't love some of those old friendships and the people that you used to hang out with all the time. It just means that you're taking control and ownership of your own life over your own goals, your own dreams, your own destiny, and designing a life that you truly want. 
For me, I'll publicly declare that my goal in 2020 is to form relationships, networks, and bonds with other content creators. I've already made a big investment in time and money to go to the two largest podcasting conferences in America, PodFest in March and Podcast Movement in August. And my goal there is to try to build my own network of people who are going after some of the same goals that I am so that we can support each other, learn from each other, and grow with each other. And my challenge to you is go out and do the same. Find your group, find your tribe, find your peoples, and go out and grow together. Now, that is a great segue into our second lesson, which is once you find this group, be of service to them. The biggest mistake that a lot of people make when they're looking for networking groups is that they think of themselves and like, what can I get from these people? And if you do that, I promise you that these people will sniff you out and choose to not engage with you. It could actually hurt your reputation if you're that person who's known as being just a taker and not willing to ever give, right? Like nobody likes that guy. So I I love Gary Vee's philosophy of jab, 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 right hook. Or to put it another way, give, 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 ask. You see, you give three times more than you ever expect to receive. And by the way, you don't give with the expectation of receiving back. You just give with no strings attached. And one day, some way, somehow, you get it back. And guess what else? The person you receive from might not be the actual person you are giving to. You know, the the universe, the world, God, whatever, whatever you want to call it, has a mysterious way of working, but the formula is always the same. So in our story, Mrs. Thompson didn't focus on what she could get. Instead, she focused on being of service. The other teachers were probably focused on their paychecks or how they could get their average student scores up, not so that the students could learn more, but so that their own numbers could increase. And because of that, this young child, Teddy Stoddard, was left to fend for himself. Now, Mrs. Thompson decided that she was going to focus on being of service now to children, not just teaching, reading, writing, and arithmetic. She said, I want to be of service to children. I want to teach children. And when she did, she opened up the world for one young child who went on to do great things with his life. And while it isn't expressly written in the story, we can infer that Mrs. Thompson got a lot back. See, we only know the story of Teddy Stoddard. But I can almost guarantee you that this experience affected how Mrs. Thompson taught every single one of her classes after that year. And that in turn probably made her one of the best, most loved teachers at her school. She probably got award after award, praise from teachers, parents, the district, her principal. She's probably got raises along the way just so that that school could keep her. All because she decided to be of service. And when you give for the sake of giving and serve to your greatest ability, it always comes back a hundredfold in one way or another. So now another question to ponder is, how can I be of service to those that I meet? Really take inventory of your gifts, your abilities, your talents, and your knowledge, and recognize how you can be of service to other people. Now don't think that you don't have anything to offer to other people because I promise that you do. You have some skills, some abilities, some knowledge if you dig deep enough and look for it. And at some point, you'll have that ability to share with somebody else. Now, I can tell you a story from my own personal life. I used to work in technology sales, enterprise technology sales specifically. And because of my success and my passion for helping others, there was a technology sales boot camp slash school here in the Bay Area. 
And they had asked me to come in to speak to each of their graduating cohorts to help guide them and give them the ins and outs of what it's really like to be in technology sales. Now, these were 100% pro bono because I believed in what they were doing and I wanted to be of service to help other people, people who were looking to improve their lives with a career change. And I had done maybe seven or eight of these before this one came up, before this one particular talk that I was doing. And over time, this became very, very time-consuming. And after I'd done seven or eight, I was on to my eighth or ninth one. And I was super busy during this time, and I almost called and canceled. But then I realized that I had made a commitment to my good friend Brandon, who was running the class. And I realized that I wanted to be of service, so I held my commitment, and I went. And I decided to be of service to this community, to this one particular class I spoke at, and I met somebody who I thought was extremely, extremely interesting, this one unique person. So we spoke more, we got to know each other, and now, several years later, I am honestly the happiest man in the world and extremely proud to call this person my wife. See, it just happened that I had something that I was good at, which was technology sales. I used it to serve others by doing these talks, helping other people. And I was greatly rewarded with the greatest gift of my life. When you decide to dedicate yourself to the service of others, you never know how it's going to return to you. But one thing that I can promise you is that if you go out and be of service to others, and if you're willing to receive your gift when it comes, it will show up. You see, I I had to do eight or nine talks before I met my wife, and I I definitely didn't go to these talks expecting to meet my wife. However, I did. And now looking back, I would have gladly done 100 for this opportunity. So in 2020, again, take inventory of yourself. Ask, how can I be of service to others, right? Are you extra knowledgeable about fitness? Or are you, do you know sports, board games, cooking, whatever it is, I'm sure there's something out there that you know that somebody else wants to know. And when you help them and you give it to them with no strings attached, one day, I promise you, it will return to you in some form or another. And by the way, this podcast is also an extension of my service to you. It's completely free. I expect nothing in return. I just know the more good work I put out in the universe, the more somehow the universe has given back. Now, finally, on to the third lesson of today, which is remember those people that have helped you along the way and show them gratitude and appreciation. There is no such thing as a self-made person on there. That is complete bullshit, all right? Jeff Bezos couldn't not have created Amazon without an incredible team of people along the way. His now ex-wife was there with him on day one with him, packing boxes, writing invoices, doing the accounting, doing a lot of the back-end grudge work. And now, because of her willing to give, as a divorced woman, she is one of the richest women in the world. And in this same regard, Teddy Stoddard couldn't have become the man he was without the support that he got from Mrs. Thompson. Now, can you imagine what his life would have been like if he wasn't in her class? I mean, he could have taken a completely different direction in life. But because he was in this one class with this one specific teacher and she believed in him, supported him, and nurtured him, he became a medical doctor who probably went on to affect and help the lives of thousands of people all because one woman believed with him, and he never forgot her. He wrote her letters along the way, showing her gratitude, showing her the appreciation that she deserved. You see, remembering the people who have helped you along the way and showing them appreciation and gratitude does a couple of things for you specifically. 
Okay, number one, it's incredibly heartwarming to give someone a note of thanks. I mean, I'm sure you've done that at some point in your life when you gave someone a thank you or some token of appreciation, and they were so thankful that you did that, that you remembered them for that. And I bet the smile on their face was enough to make you think that the simple act of showing them this gratitude was completely worth it. And now, number two, the second thing that you can take back from this, and this is a big one, is that showing gratitude helps to keep your own ego in check. See, if you did something great and you think it's all because of you and you're all high and mighty, you'll never have a real support network to back you up when you need it. Like we all know that egotistical dick that just thinks he's literally the greatest human being to ever walk the earth. And now I'd like you to consider whether or not you're willing to help this person when he actually needs it, right? Do you actually, be, unless he's your boss, like you say, okay, I guess I will have to do this, but do you really want to, right? Do, do you, is it a top priority for you? Is it something you actively say like, oh, I can't wait to help this person? And I bet if they're an egotistical dick, probably not. Now, if we were to believe that the quality of our lives is directly related to the quality of our relationship, how good do you think your relationships will be if you're that egotistical dick? Now, let me be clear. There's a big difference between being egotistical and being confident, right? You could be 100% confident in yourself, know that you can make it, know that you will make it without being egotistical. And the number one way you can do that is by always remembering and showing appreciation and gratitude for all of those that have helped you along the way, that have loved you, that have supported you. And whether it's your team members, coaches, partners, or parents, there have been people who have helped you along the way. Never, I mean never, forget these people. Teddy Stoddard did that by sending Mrs. Thompson letters during regular intervals. Now, he could have sat all high and mighty like he was Superman for becoming a doctor because he had such a tough childhood and fought through it all, but he didn't. He stayed humble. He stayed compassionate. He stayed loving and grateful. And I'll bet he became a damn good doctor in that process. So this year, as soon as possible, take some time to say thanks to those people who helped you get where you are and to those who are going to help you get where you're going. Remember them. Show them some sign of gratitude, some sign of appreciation so that they know that they're there for you and also to help you remember that you are not in this alone. There are people out there willing to help you and they are there for you and show them the gratitude that they deserve. So to kind of wrap this all up, make 2020 the year that you expand your circle and really start driving towards your top-level goals. If your main objectives are to grow a business, go to networking events that include people who have done it or are doing it now, right? And connect with them. Or if you want to grow your relationships, fitness, or any other area of your life, find groups of people who share a similar passion, a similar mission, people who have gone there, been there, or are going there, and connect with them. Make these relationships Make these people your friends and your circle of influence. And when you find these groups, remember to find ways of to be of service to them however you can, and always remember to show them the gratitude and appreciation that they deserve. It's 2020 now. We're in a new decade, which means a new opportunity for change and growth. And to start off my 2020, I want to say thank you to you. This podcast is my way of being service to you, and I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening and being a part of this journey with me. With that said, I challenge you now in 2020 to go out and expand your network, be of service, and show gratitude. Thank you so much for listening to this. If you haven't subscribed yet, please go to wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe now, and if you like what you heard, please feel free to rate and review this podcast as well. And until next week, remember, 
that life is most meaningful when you take the active steps to create a life of freedom on your terms. Take care.